Myself, Will Foster, and my co-host, Liam Morgan, who, much like myself, is sitting naked, sweating, in a little room that we call the studio while we record this. Now, listen, Liam's talked often about how he doesn't like to get naked or talk about pubic hair, but actually it's a lie. He is currently naked and there's no way of proving whether he is or isn't we're not recording this <laughs> uh, on youtube i'm going to take a picture and send it to our good listeners <laughs> via the uh, magic of instagram to show that i am actually currently wearing a very unusually for me a new newish t-shirt yeah that's uh from the karma surf shop in in newquay the uh, steve-o who does the fringe surfing and all that sort of, i bought it from him bought it I actually paid money for it, actually which is unusual for a Yorkshireman to split with hard-earned cash. It's an American brand, I believe. Catin. Uh, it's just because it had 1976 on it, and that's the year of my birth, so I thought, oh, I'll get that. Nice. It's a surf top. I've got to start looking a bit more surfy. Ca- is that like, finishing the sentence, like Catin Barrel? Is this like, uh, like no, a... No idea, actually. Idea There's like got to a... be a story behind it, but I didn't read the blurb. <laughs> I just bought it and thought, oh, that'll look good. Because I've got to start looking more like a surfer. It's all about the image, dude. I don't know, where, where have you been? I tell you, it's such a thing in surfing, the, the image. And uh, we all, whether consciously or subconsciously, get pulled into it. Yeah. Because it's the surfing clothes are really nice clothes. They're often really colourful uh, and cheerful and light-hearted and comfortable and all that good stuff, which actually sums up the surfing ethos. That's, that's kind of it all intertwines, doesn't it? That the, the yeah. clothes sum up what we want from the sport, which is, you know, do it like no one's watching. It's not like structured point scoring sports like tennis or golf or cricket or it's pure it's grounded it's spiritual it's all those good things yeah apart, How- from, when, apart from when it's made by some cheap la- exploited labor in some far off place 100 percent. look at me I, i'm i'm a super cool ethical dude where's your t-shirt made no idea it's why kelly slater has really come into the marketplace on this in an interesting position because he has said, I remember watching this on a, a Graham Bezinger interview, mm. really well, well worth checking out. We'll leave that in the show notes because it's Graham Bezinger, I think is great anyway, but he interviews Kelly and that's on YouTube. We'll leave that in the show notes. He says that the reason why his outer known, this is his brand, the reason why his outer known t-shirts are something like 60 quid for one t-shirt. So that's about $80. How much? For one t-shirt? How much? <sighs> and... The reason why is because he's paying stuff to make it in the US uh, a wage, a decent wage. So that's his whole thing. That's a good so, thing because he's got a lot of stick cool. recently, old Kelly, hasn't he, for the old um, ultimate surfer as well. Have you seen this? It's like Love Island for surfers at Surf Ranch. It's just a lot of very bedazzled, white-teeth, blonde-haired surfers competing for who's the best surfer. I haven't seen it because I think it's on a pay-per-view channel. But it got loads of stick about ripping the arse and soul out of surfing. And uh, it's very funny. Very funny, some of the comments he's got on it. So if he's doing that without a known, fair play to him. Because there is mindfulness in how you consume stuff, isn't there? And what you consume. It's similar with Patagonia, who've been a leader in the market in that sense. A very, very woke brand. Woke without being ultra-woke either. They They actually just practice it, do it, don't necessarily sing from the rooftops what they are or aren't doing, but you can just tell with the quality of their stuff. Well, they're walking it as much as talking it. That's exactly. What I've said. If you're going to talk something, yeah. you've got to be sort of walking it as well, right? That's it. You know, some people just pay lip service to the idea that they're doing the right thing. That's it. 
And we're all hypocrites at but the end of the day. 100%. Yeah. And I would like to say that I walk my talk in that I am the mindful surfer, but I am not the mindful surfer. I'm the mindless surfer, mindlessly scanning the internet for a new board. Mm. So I'm gunning for a new board. We talked about this last week. It's this slightly longer vibe, not full long body deal, but it's in that mid-length bracket. And it's amazing how fashions can really influence you because you, I love 20s. I've ridden 20s mm. a lot. I love long boards. I love all boards, really. I love them for their own virtue in that time and space. But it's amazing how as more uh, information hits your subconscious, you subconsciously have these messages start being filtered towards the brain, which is, you know, oh, a 7.0, 20, a 6.8, 20, a longer 20 would be a, a good option right now. And actually, the thing is, you haven't even thought of it, but because it's coming at you via how trends work, the trend at the moment is on this mid-length thing. And I think one of the guys who's led the way is Torren Martin, because he has got a serious amount of views on YouTube for all his videos there with Need Essentials. He's riding that pintail channel bottom 20 in 12 to 15 foot surf sometimes. Beautiful. And riding it well. His grace in surfing is, there's two people actually surf like that for me, slightly differently, but it's like mesmerizing to watch. And it's Mikey February, who surfs a lot of twin fins as well, and Torren Martin. And it's just that kind of glide and... But you are being marketed to, don't forget that. I mean, whenever you see even these guys, and so as you're saying, we were talking, I think, a couple of weeks ago about this asymmetrical sort of power, if you like, relationship that, you know, marketeers and social media and AI and all that industry has over you, the hold it has over. And the surf industry is no different, really, is it? You know, it's going very subliminal messages sometimes. So it shows you this cool clip of Torrent riding great waves. And in that instance, it's quite explicitly to get you to buy Need Essentials stuff. That's ultimately why Need Essentials are paying for Torrent to go traveling around the world, probably. But then the other thing is that, yeah, you just get these little bits. As soon as you start liking and they know that you're looking at the boards that you like, you're going to get another little teaser. Hey, if you like that, you might like this. And suddenly you're not happy with the board you've got because you could be happier. And it's it, like, dear Will, if you had this board, you'd not only be a better surfer, you'd be a better human. <laughs> That's a really good advert for a board. Yeah. You gotta just you gotta remember that one, dude. That'll make you millions. Why don't we make the mindful surfer board? Be a better human, ride this board. Yeah. Not only a better surfer, but a better human. Yeah. It's so true. And it's it's that thing where duality is everywhere and if you've got another board, great. It can aid your surf evolution. It can aid your happiness. It can do so many good things. Will you adapt to it and subsequently not be as happy with the board throughout this journey as you were at the beginning? Well, 100% yes. Hell yeah. Because we constantly adapt to our environment over and over. No matter what low takes place in your life, no matter what high takes place, we find ourselves back to what positive psychologists call your subjective well-being. How are you and where are you? And, you know, on those daily moods, like where are you at? And so you get that peak and, whoa, and, and listen, I love it. I love it when a new board arrives and you see the DHL van outside and, whoo, or you get it from the rack in yeah. the shop and, fuck, it's good. It's so much fun. But it wears off. The unique thing about surfing, though, to counter that wearing off bit a bit, a bit, is that waves themselves are different every single time. Yeah. So yes, you will adapt to the happiness that a new board gives you. However, if you then suddenly take it to that break, you've never surfed, which maybe a bit punchier and a bit different and curvier and bowlier and whatever, new environment, new views, new cliffs, new ocean temperatures. I mean, whatever. The newness of things, as we know, is a novelty. Novelty is a happiness generator. So even being on an old board in a new environment 
can generate 100% that boost. But the thing is, that, you know, one thing I know I do for certain is a surfer is I'm after that hit more than what you can actually achieve. Because that hit of novelty of a better day at your local, that hit of novelty of that different new board, or we assume that's what happiness is. Yeah. But of course, we know it's actually not. It's much deeper than that. Because a board is an instrument, right? To enable you to play the song of your lives on the waves that you ride. That is so fucking cheesy. I love it. I'm getting more Alan Partridge as we go. You're right? so, I so, if anybody I doesn't know Alan, Par- Alan Partridge, is, check him out. But <laughs> you, you get some things that are just materialistic, you know, it's that kind of retail therapy that people fall into. I'm fortunate that I don't have that urge, really. And maybe that's part of the mindfulness journey to think, oh, if I buy something new, I'm going to feel happy. It just, it just doesn't register with me. But a board is a different thing because you get that sort of almost that Pavlov dog response. It's like the bell ringing and you're salivating because you know food's coming. That when you get a board, you're starting to already mind surf the waves that you'll take that board into. Because it is a, it's an instrument, a tool to use to get your state in a place of flow and happiness and whatever you want to call it. Then, of course, it's worth exploring the unique and novel and new ways to ride or different things to ride. It gives you that joy back. Love that. It really does. I sometimes envy, envy is a really strong word. I sometimes look at people I know who have a one board quiver, mm. genuinely, that can go in, in one feet, 10 feet, whatever. And they stick with that. And that's just what they do. And I think in the end, it's really about authenticity, isn't it? You, you have to know thyself. You have to know where you're at. I love boards and I love the variation of them under my feet as well as the different waves too, like we talked about. So I know I'll, I'll, listen, I know that's a strong word. I don't know if I can predict the future that clearly now, but my prediction is that I will be on a board quest forever. Also as well, they're kind of like collector's items too. And they, and they hold memories. You sort of look at them sometimes and I'll do this thing sometimes where I go and if you've had a flat spell, which bloody hell, we've had one lately. Oh, yeah, I was gonna you should sort of get that. them out every now and then and just have a look at them, hold them, get them under the arm. There's nothing like putting a board under the arm. It's incredible how the mind is so closely linked to the body because you do that and bang, subconscious mind kicks in. Here I am. And the smell. Now, research has shown that with dementia patients, smell is the final sense to go. It's the absolute, even on death's door, Hmm. with dementia, the memory association of smell is locked. I don't read the research study closely enough to know why or even if they discover why, Hmm. because I'm sure that's some pretty complex stuff. But we can all relate to how powerful smell is in surfing. When you wax your board, fresh wax, oh my word. And again, wax manufacturers are so clever because they produce these incredible smells, the bubblegum, the coconut, Mm. this, that. It tends to be just bubblegum and coconut, by the way. I don't know why. I bet you their research teams are looking at what is the most appealing smell. Well, how good does a surf shop smell? It's the equivalent of bakeries pumping out their fresh bread smell in the morning. I'm sure there's a machine above most surf shops that just sprays out the coconut sort of wax vibe and just lets it keep going. It draws you in. It's like the sort of Piper of Hamlin sort of playing his flute and all of the sort of surf nuts in the area are like, we must go into the surf shop. You know, it's almost the scene of, is it a bug's life where the, the sort of little flying ladybird or something is going towards the light and they're going stay away from the light yeah and the bugs are going, i can't help it it's so beautiful it's <laughs> good. good it's true it's so appealing yeah. it's so appealing i've definitely left a surf shop very very often a lot poorer for my wallet but also a lot happier in just all that stuff the smells the feelings that you, know, you go in there association subconsciously into our well-being and our happiness is a really amazing powerful mm. thing 
Especially like you said with smell. Smell is, is huge. You walk in, get that smell. Well, it's about, I mean, it's one of the senses. You know, if you live in yeah. a life that's based on experience, smell is, an, is a sense, isn't it? It gives 100%. you, you know, from helping you detect things that aren't very good to, yeah. to you, to helping you enjoy things that are amazing. If you can't smell, you can't taste, for example. I mean, so, what is it? The olfactory system is all connected. You get it sometimes, the smell of the sea. It's quite a unique thing. You go to a certain place and certain breaks and certain beaches and you can just, you smell the kind of, the vibe just the right amount of bit of seaweed, the right amount of salt water, the sand, even sometimes the smell of sort of sunscreens and that sort of thing wafting through the air. And usually they're associated with happy memories of holidays and good times. 100%. I always remember being, and anyone who's been to Supertubes in Peniche in Portugal will relate to this, that when you arrive in the town, it is the most unbelievable stench of fish sardines and i believe it's like the sort of center of sardines for europe sort of thing that just that area that all the boats come in with the sardines were and it's incredible how we adapt day one i was almost re- like just retching slightly this is so strong you're in the water everywhere you go you just can't escape it a day two i was like what? where's that obviously if you spend a moment being uber mindful you can go oh there it is i can smell it again but it fades you know, as the days go on in the trip, as the days went on in the trip, I was like, wow, I can't even smell it. It's bizarre. And it's why we, we really have to work as humans at generating novelty within our surf lifestyles, surf lives, in any way that we can to keep that little spark alive, that little new, oh, that's, mm. that's new. Because we get into patterns, we get into habits, and patterns and habits are really normal, really human and okay, except they can hold us back. Yeah. from experiencing those novel emotions that give you a boost. Yeah. You know. I'm going to try and switch this fan on again, Will. Yes. See if it makes you too much that. noise. And, and it, do you know what it might do is it might waft your naked arsehole oh, in you my direction. Disgusting. You are disgusting. Because we've talked about how we trim in this studio. We do trim. Liam's been less expressive about it than I have, but I do manscape. And it is a very important thing to do for surfing. Now, the thing is, what you don't want to do is start going near your arsehole as a male... When it comes to getting the land, the landscaping, the manscaping going, because it can really backfire. You're supposed to have some hair down there to act as a a, a lubricant, shall we say, <laughs> to chafing thighs, oh to moving God. thighs, basically. I remember when I was 15, I got really carried away and I shaved and shaved and shaved and shaved and shaved and shaved and shaved. What? And then shaved enough to really be ready for a porno movie. And uh, then I'd started a job as a washer-upper cleaning dishes and I was in a sweaty kitchen every day. And I got these spots and I got this <laughs> chafing and I ended up having to tape the underside of my, of my balls. I had to tape from there right to the back of my arsehole just to be able to walk around without kind of screaming. That's a slight segue. Now, that is a slight uh, segue. Ladies, and, ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this broadcast to bring you <laughs> Will's chafing history. <laughs> we apologise for any <laughs> listeners who may be affected. If you've been affected by any of the issues you've heard in the show today, please call the following number. That's right. <laughs> Holy moly, where are you going with that? Talking about chafing while we're on the subject, do you ever get that thing on your neck? Do you ever get the neck rub yeah, on yeah, the suit? Not as much now as I used to, but certain suits do it to me. Yeah. I have to say, and I'm not plugging these because we don't get sponsored by anybody, but the O'Neill front zip, I just don't, don't chafe with. It's usually a back zip or a... You know, when you've got a bit of Velcro around or something yeah. like that. The sort of whatever they use to kind of put around the neck area. It's so far so good. I used to get a lot. There are some companies 
I think we got contacted by one. This maybe based around here called Ocean Lube, where you can actually put like a Vaseline around your neck to kind of help your chafing. But no, I don't. I don't really around the neck area. I I, I use sheer butter, and yeah. I have to. I swear by it. I have to use it. I I tend to always get neck chafe. Yeah. In surfing, even like a short surf, so I, have, I put it on religiously. I've just got leathery old skin. Doesn't you bother do, me mate. anymore. It is quite leathery. Yeah. It is. Uh, by the way, I want to say thanks to Pete and Leighton, the UK surf show guys. Yeah. They came and interviewed us, and we, we were on their show on Monday. And that was very nice to be, well, it was, we were on the receiving end of questions. They're a lovely pair of people, so nice to meet them and have a chat. It's really cool. And I remember that interview really well, because yeah. it was a lot of fun. And I also needed a wee from about halfway through. And when you were in an interview like that, there was no toilet nearby. Mm. And that is the most I've ever clenched for a wee. And I sort of got close to weeing myself. And I have had that in traffic as well. <laughs> Driving in traffic, it's just, it's hellish. But it was so much fun, and they're great guys. I right. love that. And check out their show, the UK the, Surf Show. The UK Surf w- Show. Well worth checking out. But what's this coming in now? Got a little... Oh? Who's this? Did I... Who's that? Boys. Oh, hi. All right, boys. Hi, Dave. Is that the Mindful Surfers? How are you doing, man? Right, you... long time no speak, boys. Where are you right now? Raw oh, bloody hell. I'm up in Kira. Wow. Well, yeah. What's the waves like? Oh, the waves are absolutely pumping, boys. Not like the shit you're getting over there. The one thing I don't like, though, is a bloody kooks and blow-ins and tourists. I'm a local. I don't like tourists. <laughs> you probably don't get many tourists over there in your Mushburger waves. We get the odd one. The odd one. But listen, Dave, talk to me about... Listen, one of the reasons why you ring into the show is you like to update us on your mindfulness journey, becoming more spiritual and more aware of yourself and your habits. You, you've got a bit of an anger issue sometimes. Well, how's that been? Yeah, it's been pretty good because I've started a mindfulness retreat. Whoa! Yeah. 500 bucks an hour for these idiot kooks who want to learn about <laughs> mindfulness. <laughs> we do sup tours. Sup tours and mindfulness coaching. Subs, I thought you had And then we subs. get absolutely fucking smashed at the bar at the night time. <laughs> Dave. Dave, that sounds... So anyway, it's just a quick sort call. Sort of mindful. Yeah, but... I just wanted to thank you kooks for putting me on to the idea. So uh, yeah, anyway, gotta go. Gotta do an Insta, Insta post about me supping. Cheers, Dave. See ya. Thanks for coming on, man. Good old Dave. It's, yeah, his heart's in the right place, I think. He sort of <laughs> just, just misses it. This is the point, like a slight bit, but... Mm. He's, Listen, if you wanted 500 quid an hour for mindfulness coaching, you get that? Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Bloody hell, we're in the wrong business here. That's pretty good. I wonder what he's telling them to do. Like, So when you see a kook, just fucking chop him down with the nose of your board. And yeah. breathe deeply while you do it. Here's one. If you're not local, you don't belong here. That's <laughs> yeah, probably yeah. one. Yeah, that's good. Dave's <laughs> mindful habits. Locals habit, only teacher. Lo- number one, locals only. Yeah. He's getting better, though. Yeah, Fair play on his enterprising business. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty impressive. That. The, mind, the mindless surfer. Well done, Aussie Dave. Mindless Dave. Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. If you connect with what we do here at the Mindful Surfer, why not share it with your friends? Or go on over to iTunes and leave us a review. So the more ratings we have, the more likely it is Liam and I can come back week after week and keep building this community of mindful surfers. Now, let's get back to the show. Uh, moving on, segment number two, The Mindful Surfer. Things Liam and I have been doing with... That's not what it is. That's segment number three. I am so hot, dude, I uh, can't concentrate. Just let the listeners know, we're recording this right now in... 30 degrees. In a studio, it's 30 degrees outside. So I'd say in here is 40 degrees Celsius. Now, if you're American, you're going to think that. So that would be about, about 1,000 degrees. <laughs> 110 Fahrenheit, yeah. something like that. It's unbelievable. Got a heat wave here in England. 
So I'm um, no. It's segment number but, two is the mindful surfer, not segment number three. We're coming onto that. Come on, get with the program. My brain, yikes! It's, it's all the chafing. It's affected so your much, brain. So much chafe. Can't concentrate. And just a couple of moments to check in with your breathing to raise your awareness. And let's do it. Let's take a breath in through your nose and breathe out. And take a breath in. And breathe out. And breathe in. And breathe out. Just really pay attention to this next breath. I want you to really focus on it. Take the longest breath in you can. Don't force the air in, but just take a really, really long in-breath. See how long you can have that air drawing in through your nostrils. I want you to now hold your breath. Really let your body feel what it wants to feel. Be present. And then breathe out really slowly. The thing about deep breathing is it's incredibly good for your nervous system. Because when you take a deep breath, your diaphragm expands and you trigger something called the vagus nerve. The vagus nerve, upon being triggered, releases serotonin. And serotonin is your predominant, calming, clear, confidence hormone. It's the one that we're sort of all after, really. It's the ultimate in all the hormones that we produce as humans. Now, can you compare it to the serotonin and dopamine, probably, or definitely, rush that you get from surfing and that post-surf feeling? Well, uh, maybe not. But what it can do, what mindfulness does for all of us, is it helps us manage life when we aren't surfing. Because the thing about your surf life, I'm just going to guess, is it's so much of it why it's there, is it's because it gives you a chance to let loose, unwind, de-stress, drop the worries, just let everything be. It's an act of presence. It's a time to be just present. Because we've all got shit to do with it. But the thing is, is that if you can't surf, you've then still got to have a set of tools that you can lean upon to help manage stress. And deep breathing is right up there. As we discussed this on the show before, that what we try and do on this show so much is instill a philosophy of don't lean on your surfing too hard. Because I know I used to do that when I was a kid, when I was younger, as a kid, when I was in my 20s. And I used to try and get through the week so that I could get to Thursday night when I'd get waves. And it meant that the moment I was having during the week was simply something I had to get through to get to the other side, to the surf. Mm. And it meant that also when I went to go surf, it had more pressure on it to give me the thing that it needed, which is relaxation, etc. So oftentimes it wouldn't because it, like anything, you put too much pressure on something and actually it backfires. If you put unrealistic expectations on something, we mentioned it actually just before, obviously talking about Pete and Leighton and the chat we did them with the guys at UK Surf Show is that we, well, I, and I know I've had to work on this myself and still do, is to not have surfing as, the, as an escape. So listen to a really interesting podcast the other day, again, another Aubrey Marcus one, and the point that they were making on there with a, a kind of neuroscience guy who actually does a lot of um, PTSD treatment and anxiety treatment using ketamine, this, which has been a recreational drug here in the UK. And it's, it's a, he was talking about sort of presence. And the reason I referenced this in connection to what we're talking about here, Will, with surfing is they talk very much that there, you know, there are lots of escapes or lots of quick fixes. And what happens is with those things, you just, you're always chasing that next high and you have to go harder and harder and harder. 
there are some parallels there with sort of the adrenaline rush of big wave surfing and taking risks. But at the same time, if you make these things just a crutch to escape with, they'll never provide that because the thing that you're trying to escape from needs resolving first and foremost. It sort of actually, for surfing particularly, it ruins the experience the more, I think, than I did, used it as an escape for exactly that set of reasons you mentioned. You lean so much weight of expectation on the thing itself that you lose some of the raw joy that you get from just waiting and enjoying it in its purest form, rather than it being simply another drug that you take to escape whatever things you're numbing to or running away from. Now, don't get me wrong, there is a profoundly therapeutic effect, which is why surf therapy is such a growing sort of, if you like, industry as much as anything else or or area of treatment. There's a profound therapeutic effect to spending time in water and surfing, but it has to be a very much more balanced, holistic way of engaging with it as a additional thing rather than it just being the only parachute that you can pull to get away from whatever you're trying to escape from. Big time, dude. There should be a disclaimer with a surfboard at the bottom that reads, caution, this item will provide so much joy that there's going to be a shadow to that. Because there's the surf, 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 surf. Oh my God, oh my God. This is the most amazing fun I've ever, ever. Well, what comes up must come down. All addictions and can damage your health. hundred percent. hundred percent. Whatever they are. So if you lean it, if you go into your surf as you grow, it takes time this. It takes time and hindsight. Foresight, we can go, yeah, you know what? Next surf, you know, home break. When it pumps, just, just going to go in like that. Just uber mindful, like you say, dude. And then in this panicky rush to get your wetsuit on and fucking get me waves and you get a bit annoyed with someone in the way and you and all that mindfulness just leaves your ass, flies off somewhere else because you, you're scratching at it, you're pushing it too hard, you're yeah. trying too hard. You're, it's like, ooh, look at Mr. Mindful. Damn straight. Then hopefully hindsight kicks in while you're in the ocean, not mm-hmm. after. Let's have the way with all to go, ooh, ooh, I'm forcing this surf. I'm pushing it too hard. I'm trying too hard to find the peak. And go back to that, okay, now that might happen during the surf and that's ideal, but also what's most likely to happen is afterwards. You come out of a session and sort of days later you go, yeah, fuck, how was I going into that surf? Nah, I was a bit tense, feeling a bit this, feeling a bit that, and it affected the quality of my surf. And as any sports person will tell you, your mental state prior, not during, it's too late by then, but prior to entering into your thing that you like to do, is a very important ritual mm. in itself. So having your set of stretches, your breathing exercises, or it might not be that, but having just your walk down to the beach, looking at the view and yeah. taking in the breeze. I mean, whatever it might be, there needs to be something that kind of really gets... Because I think what happens is the wheels of life spin so fast on land that we can end up taking a lot of that same energy into the ocean. Like, go, 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 go. Next thing, next, you know, chores. How, it's like, you know, how many chores can we get done off the list? Boom, 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 boom. If we take that same energy into... The ocean, it's like, well, how many waves can I now get? Whoa, 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 whoa. What about if you just get one wave? You've got to come in with that level of, of calm, I think. I think. Again, people might disagree. That's fine. But I think in order to get the most from it. Yeah, I agree. I think it almost comes back to, again, this was another question. How do you take what you learn in the sea from surfing and apply it to life? You know, we've always long said the reason we talk about this is the metaphors are amazingly, you know, some parallels are amazing that you can draw between what's going on and what, what happens back on, on land. One of the big things is to say, and this is actually comes from trying to do it with life and as much with surfing is, I'm just here to have a good time. That's it. That's all. I'm just here to have a good time. And then whatever happens in the sea or whatever happens in your life is that you're putting that at front and center 
of what you're hoping to get out of this very short existence on the planet. It's a cracking mantra is what it is. And mantras do work, I think, if you repeat them enough. I had one and do have one still for cricket too, but it relates back to surfing. And the thing about cricket is a bit like surfing, actually. Yeah, actually, there are parallels there that they're just very, very unpredictable. Incredibly uncertain, you know, what kind of surf you're going to have, what the waves are going to be like, how you're going to be feeling. Is there going to be a crowd? Are you going to be in the right mental space? Dot, dot, dot. You're going to be on the right board. Keep going. There's a lot of things. Similar with cricket, uh, (laughs) you might do terribly on the day in terms of your performance. But it's this thing that I have, which is to say, line I have in my head is before going to the game, it's like, just bring a good energy. Just bring a good energy and come what may, you will come away having had a good day overall. Maybe not the best day of your life, maybe not the most stoked, most happy, but still have a good day. And it's a good one to have for surfing, I think, because there are loads of variables. Yeah. There's so much you can't control and letting go of it's very healthy. It is. And don't get down on yourself for being human because nobody's, no one's perfect. No one. We are humans. Part of the programming is that we're flawed somewhere. It's kind of not wearing those bits heavier than they need to be worn. And, you know, and as much as the down will come, like we're going through this flat spell and it isn't frustrating, I haven't surfed for a couple of weeks, there will be a return of whatever it is that you can put even more joy into and get the better rebound from. Very, very nice. Now, I believe my phone's ringing again for some reason. Oh, wait a second. Is this Pierre? Are you there? You do? Oh, is this Pierre speaking? I just had a phone call with Pierre Chejuan. Okay. Yes. Are you, are you, where are you right now? Is this the wrong number? No, no, you're trying trying to ring into the, to the Mindful Surfer podcast? Is Uh, this what you? Yes. Just want to say you guys don't know what you're talking about. Just telling you. You do not you know fucker. what you're talking about. It comes from you. Listen, what are you up to these days then? What, what makes you so Just, high mighty, Pierre? Well, I got an outer-known wetsuit from Kelly Slater. Surfing a very, very nice short board. It's like one litre. <laughs> and, um, and I'm very well known in my local. So anyway, just wanted to phone you guys and say, do you-, you don't know what you're talking about. <sighs> well, anyway. I know more mindfulness in my little finger than you have in your whole mindful surfer, whatever. Anyway, au revoir. Cheers for that, Pierre. So that's, that's, that's one of our new guests. <laughs> who's, who's that Who guy? the fuck is that dude? You must have upset him on one of your Jesus trips somewhere. Jesus Christ. Yeah, one litre. One litre surfboard. Yeah, he no must more. be good. That's a good surfer. He's, he's one really, litre. Really, really good. Pierre, anyway. He's surfing on somebody's fingernail. <laughs> I did see so, Kelly Slater surfing a table. Yeah, you know, the, yeah, I think the Ombi guys were showing that. that. Yeah, he's done, he's done that. He could just surf. He could surf a banana. Yeah, better than we could surf. In fact, that's ironic because he has he has a board out there called the banana. Really, it's a it's a, yeah. one of his shapes. I'll just quickly mention something on that. I had a buddy talk about Machado's latest board. Rob Machado's got these boards. Yeah. He's got like a number of them now. I don't know, ten, twelve. Yeah. His point was interesting that Firewire coming across as this you know, eco brand and the, about the environment and, the, you know, it's not necessarily about profit margins or whatever else. And then they're producing board after board to get people, like we talked about the marketing thing. Oh, wow, I'll go that, go for that. Oh, I'll get the next Machado or whatever. And I can see both sides. I can see his side, but I can also see this thing where it's like, well, a business is a business. It might be a surfboard brand business, but they've got bottom line. And if they can sell more Machado surfboards and not less, well, it's what you do. But we forget that. There's a loss of perspective sometimes. You know what I mean? I think we forget that people are running yeah. businesses. I do think it's funny, though, sometimes when I see, here is the Machado 5-2 Seaside. This is the short board with twin, blah, 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 blah. And then the next thing, 
You know you thought you needed the five I know, two. That's Here it. is a seven eight. See, so it's like you what? I know, I know. What? It's so clever. Go as small as you can, and then when everyone's getting no waves, go really big, and then you know what I mean. And then and then when everyone's on the really big one, they can't turn it. So it's like <laughs> keep uh, chopping and changing your marketing strategy. Yeah, your but life are, will be better with this board. But they are great boards. I've never ridden the seaside. I'd love the look of the sea, the little seaside, not the big seaside. Stunning. Never ridden. Looks love, stunning. Love to try it. Little ripper. Moving on. Hot, segment hot. number three, mind, body, stoke. Things Liam and I have been working on, the mind and body to raise the stoke. For me, mind is something I want to mention. We went off to a surf spot that we frequent from time to time, me and the pals, and it's got a good bit of punch in it. It's not local at all. It's a good little drive, and uh, it pumps a lot more than what we get here. We were having this amazing surf. Me and two mates. You weren't there. Yeah, thanks. Because, thanks because, for because that. you weren't invited. Thank you. And we just were on this merry-go-round, the three of us. And it, we accidentally ended up doing a bit of lineup domination because the three of us are all hooting each other. And we really hope we, ha- we didn't intimidate anyone. We were having a great time. It was hindsight. After the session, we went, oh, did we really put off? Because we were just screaming at each other because the mm-hmm. waves were absolutely pumping. We had so many as well, which was what happens when you get a short period swell. I'll keep rubbing this in as much as possible. Yeah, I'm, you, well, what I'm doing, I'm really happy for you. you thanks, man. Thanks. I'm really so happy So you're on your mindful you. journey now. You're yeah. happy for us. He's not. He's shaking his head right now. I haven't had a wave for two weeks. And anyway, we were frothing, as the saying goes in surfing. My buddy after said, he said one of the things with that session was there were a lot of potential locals sat there kind of waiting, 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 waiting for an outside set. Because as we know in surfing, the further you sit out, the more you've got to wait often for those bigger sets that come in. And that's fine. If you don't like getting loads and loads of waves, then that's, hey, it's totally fine. If you sit further in, as most beach breaks are, as well as as well as well reefs, points even, like all ocean, as soon as the ocean gets shallower, you're more likely to get those, those smaller sets come in, pick up more waves. It's the thing I love to do because you can really start getting that wave count going and there's a flow to it all and the fun of it all. And it's brilliant. And we were just, it seemed like the only people getting waves. And my mate after said, was like, look, actually, one of the things is that because we don't have that kind of surf, we go crazy. It's like famine. If you haven't eaten for five days, what happens when someone lays out giant pork belly and like, you know, mashed potatoes? Mm. Oh my God, get it in me. Mm. Is possibly that. And that's to be embraced and enjoyed. Because listen, would a part of me love to have a four to six foot peak down the road every single day in non-sharky water? I'm giving you my ill scenario now. Non-sharky water where it's reasonably uncrowded and whatever. Yes, Mm. I'll take that, please. Thank you. Is it realistic? Hell no, even for anywhere you go in the world. So I think having a bit of surf hunger and going without, there's a lot of wisdom in that. Well, the next time we get surf, I'm definitely trying to fill my boots then. There you go. After two weeks. Two weeks, I think it is. Fill them up. Absolutely, yeah. I think just on our local break, it's been a a normal summer. Yeah. You know, where we live, it's summer, summer. Goes flat, and even on the North Shore. Yeah. Of Oahu, it goes completely flat. And then they have to go around to the West Coast, South Coast, all these places. Same in, in Maui, where mm. my brothers live. They go around to mm. the South Coast. It's a bit of driving. But their usual local North Shore type spots, pff, you just go snorkeling, which is surreal. People just go out snorkeling at Pipeline. There's just nothing there. <laughs> just get your head around that. It's very seasonal there. And that's in the bloody home of, of surfing. So um, That's the kind of practice I would need, snorkeling at Pipeline. Because that's probably, <laughs> if I ever too. surf it, I'll spend most of my time underwater. <laughs> Just trying to survive. Well, listen, you say underwater, we probably wouldn't be. We'd just be sat on the side watching it going, shit me, I'm not paddling into that. Mm, we just sort of dry as a bone on our... I'd be sat on the beach. Yeah. The cold, cold be, beer. Be great to watch one day. I'd love that. It's a real 
Real dream to better watch the Pipe Masters. It'd be great. Oh, get invited to Jamie's house. Yeah, let's do it, man. As long as he doesn't shave my eyebrows off, because I've seen how he used to treat that poopies guy. Oh, yeah, I know, yeah. I know. You wouldn't yeah. want to go to sleep at Jamie O'Brien's house. Not at You don't all. know what would happen well, to you. Yeah, first asleep. Yeah. Go to sleep in general, because you're going to want as much energy as you physically can yeah. muster for the next day of, like, eight-foot dredging pipeline, where he's, like, butt-dragging a ten-foot foamy. You want as much sleep as you can. But just don't be the first to fall asleep. Yeah. Because you will have no eyebrows or you wake and, up and he's like laughing and you you find yourself tied to an inflatable couch and he's pushing you into the <laughs> into the drop zone at pipeline and yeah. just laughing yeah oh, that's good that's good, that's good anything you want to share mind body stoke just one thing that um and again and this I, i'm somebody who's savvy to the fact that social media is accessible by a lot of people and as my old english teacher said sort of empty vessels make most noise and there's a lot of very vocal opinions and things on social and, and and particularly when it comes to wellness because you know we follow the wellness industry pretty well and there's a lot of really sound advice on there and stuff that helps you then go and do some more, more research and you find out some interesting things but there's also a lot to sift through as well so i think what i'm trying to push myself back towards is not being lost in the cacophony of noise particularly when the noise is coming from people who are not really in any way better qualified than either you or i to give advice and so you kind of go okay I just have to sort of dial down some of my exposure to some of that stuff because there are both uh, positive and negative triggers around it. More connected to mind, it's related to body because if you took every piece of advice that you just read for five minutes, you'd be doing all sorts of contradictory things in, in order to make your body feel and function better. That's what I'm trying to, trying to not do probably, is to listen to all the kind of different voices if there's no credibility behind them. Yeah, I'm totally with you. The thing about the internet is it's giving people a voice to share their beliefs and I am very much a part of that. I was a lot more outspoken about what you should eat, what you should do in the beginning of what I used to do online and I can look back now in hindsight and see that that's definitely ego because my egoic mind, like any egoic mind, is rigid and fixed about right, wrong, good, bad, what you should and shouldn't do, eat, you name it. And a lot of that mind activity that we build in relation to our environment around us if not entirely, comes from our experience. So my experience with food X Mm. or my experience with doing hack Y Mm. or supplement Z or whatever you want to put in there is my experience. And when that locks itself in, it's helped me. I want to share that because it makes my ego feel good. Yes, it has an organic element to it. Obviously, Mm. it's that thing of, God, the idea of helping someone is just a great feeling. But also there's a lot of ego in that because it's funny, this thing where, oh, they do it to help people. They do it just to help people. Well... If they really tune into their mind, they're doing it because they think they're right, basically. It's righteousness is what it is. They want to share that and then reinforce their egoic righteousness by having other people go, wow, yeah, I agree. And this is all working for me. So it's all a sort of reinforcement, like a cycle, like a spinning. And nowadays, not perfectly, of course, but I'm much better at spotting that and being aware of it. Because we don't necessarily give out hard advice on food, let's say, that. but we do on lifestyle. We do yeah. talk about lifestyle stuff. Yeah. And being totally honest, you know, I would be the first to admit this, Liam, that a lot of it is coming from our mind. Yeah. So we generate these, what are called ideas and concepts yeah. within our mind. Now that comes from our experience yeah. and we share that. Now we share it mindfully, we hope, in the sense that there's never that imbalance in what we do, we hope, in that when someone comes across with, you should do this, mm-hmm. It's the biggest buzzword in that whole process. While, we, while you and I are adamant about catching ourselves yeah. on should, you know, you should do this with your surfing, you should do that with your life, etc. 
but much more be like, if you were to experiment with a new approach on this, that it could yield this. It's that slightly more measured approach to basically what is realistically our belief systems coming out. Yeah. And that's just the undeniable truth of humans. You, you're yeah. always going to have your stuff come through. But if you allow it to come through with that level of, of mindfulness, people who are in need of benefiting from that really do because they can sense that there's a nice high vibe to that information. And like what you're talking about here, dude, we've all been there online. Yep. You know, when you're digesting that kind of yep. info and it's just strong ego, strong yep. ego, you kind of, whoa, yep. you sort of feel it. It's when it comes from a place of non-judgment with an open heart and from a place that is, you know, saying, I found this and hey, I'm just saying it works for me. So it's up to you what you do with it rather than the preachy dictatorial stuff. And sort of the kind of what's, how do you decode that? Well, instinct is a big part of it, is to try and use your gut. But the other thing then very important is to do your own research and look, I said before, who's paying for it? <laughs> Where's the money? What's that person to, got to gain from what you're being told? And for what reason and how are they pushing that? So it's kind of that for me is very much around that sort of uh, idea of is it coming from a place of real that yeah high energy, warmth, authenticity? And remember, anything you take or digest, you can take or leave it. That's the ideal scenario is nothing is forced. I think having freedom of choice is really where the utopian ideal sits isn't it freedom of choice to surf where you want to surf freedom of choice to board you want to ride without judgment without prejudice without somebody coming along and hey you should do this it's like okay that's where it starts to get uncomfortable so true so so true and i've had that from different communities i have over the years you get that feeling in that sense that it's coming from their rigid and tightly held belief system that, that can't see the wider perspective of the fact that eating food x Yes, has worked for you in your experience, and that's absolutely wonderful. However, I'm in mine, and I'll take the information you've given me, which is great, and I'll read it with an open mind, and perhaps even do experiments with that. But overall, trust in my instincts. And that's what you've got to go with in the end, because there's so much information. There's so many hacks for how to improve your surfing, your life, your health, all these things. And in the end, you just have to go back to basics. You've got to go back with, yeah, that's how I feel about it. Like, just you internally, not trying to find out what other people think yeah. about what they think of that advice. But no, no, you, how does your body respond to it? Yeah. And there might even sometimes, it's very clever, the ego. So it might sometimes jump at it as to know. But if you're really measured about it and then let that subside, you'll then actually tune back into the body. The body mm. is infinitely wise. Mm. On a base level, its yeah. instincts are often exactly correct. Guess why you have a good instinct. Your second brain. That's it. There you go. It knows. Was that segment number four, dude? That was surf media. We want to share the kind of media aspects there, or do you want to yeah, I mean, specifically bring anyone up? Nothing, actually. I mean, I, I've been working. I mean, that's another thing. A combination of work, flat spell, and sort of various bits of volunteering. I haven't, um, I haven't had the chance to even consume any surf media. I don't think I've even watched the TV, which is not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. And I haven't even had the chance to kind of dip back into my book, which you, you recommended, uh, You Are the Placebo by um, Joe Dispenza. I've actually slipped into more mindlessness. I've done a bit of like social surfing while I've been traveling and on trains and so forth. But no, no, so no, I haven't watched a surf video. I haven't seen Tora Martin. I haven't seen the guys at Ombi really. I've done nothing. There you go. I'm the same. I haven't digested much at all. And in fact, some of that has maybe come up because of the time that we're in with everything we know that's going on yeah. around the world and all this information being thrown at us. Yeah. And I've gone on to a retreat yeah. on that in some ways to just really pull back like I never before. That. And I don't digest much news, media stuff anyway. 
but maybe more than ever, I've wanted to be particular about what I digest and watch. And actually, on the evening front, I've kind of I haven't watched much surf stuff because I've been just watching stuff with my wife, and it's kind of been we're on a nice run at the moment where we're we're able to watch stuff that we both want. Now, often it then that run runs out because I find finding good TV shows particularly hard to do and, and, and to cater for both both parties, both needs. So then I go back, I resort back to my my go tos, which is which is rugby and surfing. And so I know I'll end up hovering back there on YouTube eventually. And what's your go-to search on YouTube if you want surf? What would you type in? Well, I don't have to type in anything now because YouTube's clever, isn't it? So well, it does. It just but tells if you, you if what you were from scratch. I've changed over the years. Here's, here's the thing. So I started very much when I was getting back into the raw joy of surfing and novelty with Ben Gravy. I would always go and watch Ben's stuff because we've said in the early shows, Ben still does some great stuff. But if you go back and follow the beginning of what he did and when he did all the states of the US and he surfed every state, that journey for someone, if you're out there and you're just coming into surfing and you want to see the semi-pro, as he would call himself, but somebody who is a professional stoke merchant rather than a professional surfer, check out Ben Gravy, always. Then I would look at a lot of the Jamie O'Brien stuff, but that's changed. He's had this arc of transformation from, as I was saying earlier, the like almost stag or bachelor party vibe of screwing everybody over that comes and stays in his house to being a much more polished, mindful kind of dude now that he's, you know, with Tino, his partner. And that's kind of, that's different. So I'd, I'd watch that as well. But I really love, and I know I give them a lot of um, airtime, uh, Clayton and, and Anta Ombi, their sort of analysis videos or their sort of uh, Facebook live things, they put that on YouTube because I don't have... I don't have Facebook, so they put their, whatever they've recorded on there. And I watch a lot of that because there's a really good vibe between those two. And then for sort of raw surfing, I'll go to, uh, yeah, like Torrin Martin, Mikey February. I love watching Steph Gilmore surf. And then some of the other bits around surf trips or the billabong stuff or the stab stuff. There is so much stuff to consume. The thing I would add to it is it can, if you couldn't do too much of it, you're in a flat spell, drive you insane. Mm. It's like, like you said, going hungry. And just watching food programs all the time. Totally. Or like an injury or like too much work on, or if you're not getting that time. Yeah. It can work both ways, can't it? It can give you yeah. that bit of stoke yeah. that it is coming. That's what it's like. Yeah. Look at look at that video. But it can, it can flip as well, yeah. can't it? It can be like, ooh, yeah. yeah. I've got a real lack of surfing my hype for now, yeah. but it will come. That's really cool, dude. Yeah. So hopefully we get a wave on Friday and we can go and put all the stuff that we've been thinking about into practice. Hell yes. Because uh, it's... We might even do some social media now by the beach. We've done yeah, so little. Yeah, we've done... Sorry about that, but yeah. But we... it's... What we're loving is putting out this show. Yeah. And thank you for listening as you're listening to this now. And as a mindful approach to it all, we're sort of... We're quite happy with that right now. We're doing yeah. a little bit of social here and there. Yeah. But just have the show come out and thank you for continuing to listen. Yeah, basically. we appreciate you all. Because it is so easy to get sucked into that Instagram vortex yeah. and you sort of you're not then practicing what we preach so we sort of just yeah it's a weird thing for us Instagram so we kind of in it but not we don't want to dominate our time by having to update it all the time yeah, to, to either guys thanks for having us pleasure ciao ciao